Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Lookout Mountain United Methodist Church. We pray that this sermon will engage your mind and that God's Spirit will engage your heart. We also want to invite you to come worship with us on the mountain every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Whether you live close by, have come to visit the Chattanooga area, or just listening online, there is a place for you at Lookout Mountain. Now may God bless you as you hear the word proclaimed. Our gospel lesson this morning, as I said earlier, is the story of the trip to Emmaus, and it is found in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. This story takes place on Easter Sunday in the afternoon after the time that Jesus had appeared to the women at the tomb. On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped their faces downcast. The one named Cleopas replied, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who's unaware of the things that have taken place there over the last few days? He said to them, what things? They said to him, the things about Jesus of Nazareth. Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. All these things happened three days ago. But there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive, Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women said, but they didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then to enter his glory? Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was to go ahead. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scripture for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and their companions gathered together. 
they were saying to each other, the Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what happened along the road and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of every heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last night, I was doing bedtime with the, reading them some stories. And they each get to take turns picking what book we'll read. And Lily, my two-year-old, began by choosing The Wizard of Oz. We have a, a couple versions of that. One is the, the one that has all the pictures from the movie. Uh, and then there's one that's a, a little more of a cartoon. Uh, and it's an abridged version of uh, the actual novel by Frank Baum. And I, in reading this story to them over the past few years, have really come to love the story of the Wizard of Oz. As a kid, I didn't feel like it was cool enough. It was old. Who wants to watch an old movie when you're a kid? And it, was in, there was this, it starts out in black and white, so you're kind of like, you know, this is for my grandparents to watch, so... I didn't, I didn't give it much credit, but over the years, I have really come to love the story, both the movie and the book. Um, I love that everyone in the story is looking for something. They all have this need, and so they go on this journey together, right? Dorothy needs to get home, and Scarecrow needs a brain, and Tin Man needs a... Okay, so some of you are awake. Some of you remember this story. Lion, he needed what? Courage, right? They all had something missing. And so they journeyed down the yellow brick road to the Emerald City in hopes that there they will find what is missing in their lives. But if you remember the movie, we get to the end. They've gone on this journey and, and faced obstacles They've even defeated the Wicked Witch of the West who was out to get them. And they come back to the wizard to get these things that they've been longing for, but he can't give them to them. Instead, he gives them something else, right? The, the lion doesn't get courage. He instead just gets a medal, an accolade for his bravery and the tin man doesn't get a heart. He instead gets a, uh, he gets a little token of esteem, an acknowledgement of his good deeds. The scarecrow doesn't get a brain. He is just handed a degree, right? And the reason why is because what these people were looking for, what these characters needed all along was actually inside them the whole time. And it, you can see it really well in the book. If you've ever read the, the short book, then you know that as they go over their obstacles, the scarecrow comes up with ideas for how they can overcome. And as they walk through the yellow brick road and, and encounter all the different creatures and, and people, the tin man is compassionate and cares for them and tries to help them. 
And when they face their obstacles, the lion does what he has to to protect his friends and help them overcome. The scarecrow was wise all along. The tin man was compassionate all along. The cowardly lion was brave all along. What they were looking for was deep inside them. The wizard doesn't give them those things. He just opens their eyes to see that all along the way, they'd had this right there with them. The story of the Wizard of Oz is not about finding something new and fantastic in this wonderful wizard or wonderful world of Oz. It's about seeing the value of home. Right? Dorothy begins the story trying to run away and then comes to find out that her home has exactly what she really needs. It's there all along. And her way to get home is the shoes that she is wearing on her feet. Trying to get home, the answer is your feet. Right? What she really wanted all along was within her grasp. She just needed to see it rightly, as did the lion and the tin man and the scarecrow. This journey they go on reveals to them that what they think is at the end is with them all along the way. Reminds me of the story of these two disciples and their journey to Emmaus. They feel that they have lost their Lord. Jesus, the Savior, is taken from them. And so instead of awaiting his return, they are headed out of town. Perhaps some distance from Jerusalem will give them a distance from their pain. And along their journey, an unknown companion reveals to them how Scripture has been pointing to this moment. How the Messiah's faithfulness to God's will would undoubtedly lead to his death. And how the fulfillment of the covenant would be sealed by his resurrection. And when they finally stop and share a meal together, they see their companion take bread, give thanks, break the bread, and share it with them. And in the breaking of the bread, they realize that the Messiah they were longing for is right there with them. They come to see what the psalmist saw that Wes read for us, that there is nowhere we can go and be away from God. God is always there waiting for us, in front of us, behind us. God is there. How many times have we prayed for God to come and be a part of our lives or, or wished that Jesus would show up in our life? Perhaps he was there all along. When things go wrong, and then wrong, and then wrong, and then wrong, and you wonder, where is God in all of this? You're tempted to head out to Emmaus, right? And your Emmaus may be sleeping in on Sunday mornings, or it may be 
in the glass of bourbon. Your Emmaus may be in a stranger's bed. Or your Emmaus may be in a bottle of pills. Wherever it is you go looking for meaning or escape, some way to get away from the pain and the struggle, that is your Emmaus, your emerald city. And you walk that yellow brick road longing for something. And all the while, the answer to the questions you struggle with is hiding there in plain sight. It's there all along. Maybe you just can't see it. You think that if God were here, I wouldn't be struggling physically. Or if God were here, my family wouldn't be torn apart like this. Or if God were here, then things wouldn't look like this. So you go off on your little journey, trying to find something, hoping that God will show up. But God is already here. Christ is already with us. Christ is here in our trials because Christ knows what it is like to suffer in body and mind and spirit. Lydia, my five-year-old daughter, uh, from time to time she will throw a good old-fashioned temper tantrum. Uh, Like they used to throw in the good old days kind of temper tantrum. Um, And she gets pretty upset and it it can be a struggle for her to kind of come back down. And it can even happen if if something else happens. Like if she gets hurt and and, and she falls and scrapes her knee or her hands or uh, she gets in trouble. She'll just kind of start crying and she's taught our youngest daughter a, a new phrase. And it's, I can't stop crying. So Lily, who doesn't even know what it means to stop crying, knows that when she starts crying, it's best to say that phrase and get the attention you need. And Lydia, uh, she's had this for a while. And when she was real young, she would get a pacifier, right? You could give her a little passy and she would use that to soothe herself and calm down. Uh, but eventually she was too big for those. She was chewing them apart, so we took them away. Uh, and then it was, it was a real trouble. That's when she learned to say, I can't stop crying. And, and she would get out of breath from screaming. She'd be so upset, and she would try to use her inhaler. And, and that became a device that could help her catch her breath. Uh, but, but then we got to the point where we couldn't just keep giving her inhaler every time she was crying. So we had to stop, and so then it was a matter of being picked up and held. Uh, but she's getting big. If you've seen her, you know she's, she is big for her age. And so it's not an option to just pick her up and hold her all the time, every time she's upset. So, so now we're at the point where I, I take her, and I, if she's really upset, and, and she needs, I just set her on her bed, and I sit right next to her, and she cries for me to pick her up to come and hold her, or to give her an inhaler, or to give her some toy or, or some, something. She needs something to calm her down. And I just, I sit there with her, right next to her bed. And she cries and says, I can't stop. I say, you can calm down. When you calm down, I'll hold you. She says, I can't, I won't, I can't. And I just wait, and I wait, and she screams, and she kicks. And then she has to take a breath. 
and she screams and she kicks and takes another breath and eventually the breaths come two in a row three in a row she begins to calm down and I put my arm around her and I say Lydia you did it you were so upset but you calmed down you didn't need a passy you didn't need your inhaler You didn't need a toy or a treat. You didn't need me to pick you up. You calmed down. You are old enough and big enough. You can do this now. And she's slowly learning that she has the power and control to do this, to calm herself down. And all I have to do is just sit there next to the bed and be with her while she figures this out. All it takes is my presence. And it allows her to see that the pain of whatever has hurt her or the disappointment of her punishment or the the fear of a bad dream, it can all be overcome. When we see God's presence in our lives, when we know that God is with us, it can have that same effect. We head out to whatever our Emmaus is and we're disappointed or afraid or angry or hurt and we're looking for something to help. But really all that we need has already been provided. God is with us. God is right here walking this road with us. God is in our hospital rooms. God is with us in the assisted living community. God's with us in those painful talks with our parents as they age. And he's with us in those painful talks with our children as they make mistakes. God is with us when we feel alone in our house. God is always with us. Today we have a special way to remember that God is with us. We come to the table, to the bread and to the cup. Now this is not some special recipe that conjures God's presence from somewhere else. It is a remembering that our Lord said... I will be with you always. He said that in the breaking of this bread, we would know and feel his presence, that we are loved and forgiven, that the problems we face and the struggles we endure do not define us. No, we are defined by our creator and our redeemer and our sustainer. It is God's presence in our life that is the defining aspect of who we are. And in this meal, Christ is present. The breaking of bread and the sharing of cup, it can open our eyes to God's presence so that we can realize that these deep longings we have, those deep desires in the core of who we are, the desire to feel loved, 
the desire to connect with another, the desire to be valued and cared for. All of these desires are fulfilled right here by the God who put those desires in our heart. We were made to search for God and God's presence, to look for a relationship with Christ. But if you've been looking for these things in Emmaus, hoping to find them at the end of some yellow brick road, well then may the breaking of the bread today reveal to you that God has been with you here all along. God is with us today. God is with us always. Amen.